0: Sons and daughters of the undead, with power to transfix and transform, it's time to reach for immortality in Son of Dracula. Mafia, wake up, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you.
1: Yes. It should have been S-U-N, son of Dracula, since that's Ooh. how he goes in this one.
0: Yeah, and it is and kind of... And there's no son. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's kind of in the air, whether or not this is Dracula, Alucard, what, what specifically this character is, right? I think he's I mean,
1: Dracula, right? But he's hiding because people think he's dead, but he's not actually dead, so he's going by Alucard.
0: Yeah, right. but there are a couple mentions of of generational stuff, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a bit confused, to be honest. But welcome back to Monsters vs. Men. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. We are discussing Son of Dracula this week as we try to stay alive. With me today is none other than Sela himself. It's anything? Alex. It's Alex spelt backwards in, in case you didn't know.
1: Oh, no, that took me a second. I was like, I was like, that wasn't the queen
0: lady. I was like, that's a, I think he said it wrong. Like, yeah, no, man. in case it wasn't clear to anybody, Ooh. that is Alex spelt backwards.
1: <laughs> wow. And the human vapor itself, Eric.
0: Nice. No, this film really wanted to, to let us know that Alucard was Dracula spelt backwards. Yeah, we, yeah. we got to see that many a time. Oh, yes. Many a time. Now, Alex, that, that leads me to my first question. Alucard, baby name. How about Ooh, it?
1: Ooh, Alucard Cornette. I kind of mm. like it. It's kind of nice. CC doesn't like it. Oh. She's looking so at it. So you guys
0: have settled on Alfie then. Okay.
1: We're not doing Alfie. No. <laughs> it's been ruled out. We've got a few. We're, we're, we're honing it down. We're whittling it down slowly. As the days go by.
0: Ooh, man. Well, this film did offer you Frank it's a strong name.
1: Yeah, Frank's a strong name, but no.
0: No. Harry?
1: Harry. No, we've already discussed this and no, not happening. I did Harry's tell CC that if we combine my dad's first name with her dad's first name, uh-huh. hard on. What do you think?
0: Uh, That's pretty good. Harden. Yeah, Harden.
1: (laughs) No, 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 it's D
0: O N. So, yeah, Harden. Hard on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, listeners, one thing you should know before we jump in we mentioned this last week, and uh, it is coming next week. And that is we are taking a quick detour from our Universal series to jump into the Jurassic Park series. We're going to cover the original Jurassic Park trilogy and the Jurassic World trilogy leading up to Jurassic World Dominion's release this summer. Uh, I'm excited for that, Alex. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be quite fun.
1: Yeah, I'm pumped. We definitely have not recorded almost all those episodes already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We absolutely have it. We absolutely record these the day before we release them.
1: Actually, I mean a lot of times we release it we record and we release it on Patreon within like five days, but you know, we had to, we had to prep for a baby harden and and so now <laughs> we, we've given each other a little bit of a break to yeah, oh yeah. uh to conquer a new baby.
0: Absolutely. There will be no sort of interruption for the podcast. Um, That's how much we love you is right. Alex can have a baby and the podcast still must go on. The that's show must right. go on, Alex.
1: And patrons might even get an exclusive episode review Oof.
0: that this they're going true.
1: to really. I mean, they're used to that, I guess, but they are. they're They're going to get like, a, I think, a really special one.
0: Yeah, I do too. I do too. All right, Alex, let's jump into Son of Dracula, shall we? Do we have to? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) We've experienced Dracula's daughter, but now we get Son of Dracula, played by Lon Chady in his fourth iteration of a universal monster. I was thinking about that, Alex. I guess he could have played the Invisible Man, and we just didn't know it in a previous film. Uh, We didn't see him. (laughs) But I would argue he largely plays a side role here as the side piece So is this Dracula feature a main entree or like its character? Is it just a side dish?
1: I mean, this film is at best a side dish, but even then it's probably more like a side dish where you ordered like a baked potato and they give you French fries. Like, yeah, technically it's pretty similar to what you wanted, but at the end of the day, it's like not really what you wanted at all. Uh, (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about this film. Like, like if if I was Dracula and I had the you know Dracula's daughter and the son of Dracula, Dracula's daughter would be my favorite kid for sure. Um, It's (laughs) the daughter would be my favorite. Now I think the film has like some great ideas contained in it. There's some interesting things in relationship dynamics, but frankly, this boat's got too many holes to float.
0: I think what you're saying here, Alex, is that you definitely prefer Dracula's Daughter to Son of Dracula, right?
1: I prefer most movies to Son of Dracula.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. I'm not not as down on it as that. I'll tell you that right up front. Yeah,
1: I definitely prefer Daughter of Dracula. Yeah,
0: I I do too. I I prefer Dracula's Daughter. I think there are some qualities here um, that are pretty cool, actually, though. As I said in the intro, Alucard or Dracula, whatever you want to call him here – is definitely not the main attraction, though I think his mysteriousness is at the heart of this film, and it's what makes the film, honestly. I think Cheney Jr.'s performance here, unfortunately, is probably his least convincing performance by quite a bit. Um, It wasn't that performance at all that made me buy into Alucard as a threat. It was the effects, the camera work, the music, and the other performances that certainly did. So, no, the count isn't the main dish here, but he is the fancy garnish that makes the meal. The main dish is that relationship between Frank and Kate and the response to the crumbling of the estate.
1: Ooh, look at you. Yeah, I, I do like that relationship between them. Uh-huh. Uh, that little triangle between them and and Dracula is, is actually very interesting. And like I said, I, I like the ideas in this film. I think the overall story has a lot of merit I, you know, I love the idea of this woman using mm. Dracula to relieve this like insecurity she has about dying, and then turn on him in order to like get her true love to live an eternal life with her, which oh, is yeah. really cool. Like, you know, th- this is just so cool. And then the true love killing her because well, she's a monster now, and <laughs> he makes the hard call and he makes the right one. And the, the, I I think the arcs with the characters are actually pretty special and unique for the monster series. You know, yeah, I love that aspect of the film because it, it is so sad at the end of the movie, but there's so much else wrong with the movie that I don't even know quite where to begin. Now this is a film whose mystery is frankly not a mystery to me, and and it, it's it's a boring mystery at that. Like I wish we didn't know. The mystery before all the other characters because watching them run around and have their revel in their revelations is just so flabbergastingly uninteresting that it's a shocker. Like, there are cool moments where we get Dracula hovering once he exits his uh his crypt or his uh his coffin in the swamp, and it shows that that low angled shot as he hovers. Uh, And it's just a really cool moment. But I find that these moments in the film are few and far between. What do you think?
0: Well, the mystery in this film isn't Dracula, right? And, And so, in my opinion, like the mystery isn't Dracula or Alucard and his supernatural powers, because that is revealed right from one of our opening scenes. The mystery is that relationship it's it's kate and whether or not you believe in kate i think what you're getting at and the parts that maybe slow the pace down a little bit are the parts with the doctor um dr brewster and professor laszlo where they are having these discussions about whether or not this actually is a vampire circumstance yeah. when we already know it is a vampire circumstance. So, I think, yeah, you can cut some of that and probably make this a shorter film, even though it's not long. You could probably cut that, give a little bit more credit to the audience, recognize that we've seen Dracula before, and, and uh, get us straight to the heart of this film, which is the mystery of Kate. Yeah. So, like I said, you really believe Kate when towards the beginning of the film, she asked Frank to trust her with everything. And then no matter what, she has things under control. I bought into her and, and I yeah. bought into that performance. You want to believe her and yet all of her actions point in the opposite direction and no one believes her. I even got to the point where I was like, well, dang, she's just a stone-cold man killer going out and and getting married without telling anybody. But alas, just at the point where you think she has succumbed to the Count, you see that this was her plan all along. Mm -hmm. She basically digs what the Count offers but doesn't want the commitment and I have to say, <laughs> a long-term or you might call it a forever term commitment to the count doesn't sound like a bright future, Alex. But <laughs> she doesn't want that future, but she, but she doesn't want that future with the count. She wants that future with Frank, the tragic hero of the film. The film just didn't go in the direction that I expected. It mm-hmm. surprised me. And so for that, I am grateful. At first I thought Kate was just attracted to the dark arts of the count. And then I thought maybe she knew about the Count and wanted to fool the Count in order to conquer him. And then I thought that she was going to be cured somehow and live happily ever after in this life with Frank. But no, this film actually doesn't give us that quote unquote satisfying ending that so many of these universal films want to do in this time. Mm -hmm. It gives us something much more complex and much more tragic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ending is great. I really love what they do with it, but unfortunately, it's the other ideas and story points. This film doesn't have anything else going for it for me. I think Chaney is the least intimidating vampire I have ever seen. And I've referenced Twilight here before. (laughs) Like, I think the musical score is a complete abomination. The score is almost always completely at odds with what is happening on the film. It's like hmm. the musician wants us to feel happy when we're supposed to be terrified. And then he's just wasting his time in the scenes in between. Like I'm, I'm baffled at how this music made it into this movie. And what's worse is the screenplay. Yes, we get those highlights. I agree with you, Eric. I love all the moments that you just talked about. But unfortunately, I do feel like it is Few and far between. I mean, this reminded me of a screenplay that I read back in the day. It was a friend, so I won't call them out. (laughs) And they don't listen to the podcast, so I'm even safer. But the screenplay gave directions on how many steps a character would take walking through doors, walking downstairs, walking all around this area. It was remarkably boring, and it serves no purpose. Well, that's almost what the entirety of the direction of this movie is. How much time are we going to waste walking between room to room only to look at something, walk back into the other room, and just waste my time here? I mean, what could be a two-minute scene gets extended to a five-minute scene. And that wouldn't Mm -hmm. be a problem if it just happened once, twice, even three times. But it happens for the bulk of this movie, us watching men walk around look at something together, and then walk around a little bit more with uninteresting pauses in between. Like, my God, I just wanted this film to stop. (laughs) Luckily, I stuck with it, and I got to some good stuff at the end. But, man, this
0: was a struggle. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I feel that. Again, I think you are focusing in on the part that I am – basically not even thinking about <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is which is again kind of the the parts between and, and those conversations, honestly, maybe I completely zoned them out because they weren't interesting. But we're talking about the conversations between the police officer yep. and between the the doctor and Laszlo and how Laszlo comes in and all of that was <laughs> exactly. really by the book and <laughs> uninteresting. I don't even remember them, so (laughs) Uh, I guess. But but my my only complaints, really, apart from Chaney's performance, would be a couple character decisions, like the reactions to the father's death. For some reason, these universal films that we've seen, apparently people in the 30s and 40s just aren't affected by their parents' passing. Um, just, it's, just didn't care. They just don't just care. Ready for them to go. They just, literally, that's what it feels like in all of these movies. Like, have we seen a appropriate reaction to a parent's death? No, we have not. And there's been several. It's not like one off. It's been like three or four now.
1: Right, right, right.
0: But that is relatively minor even though it's a major event. But for the most part, I think this might be, honestly, one of the spookier Universal Monster films to date. There's serious tension created, for example, and I think the music helps a lot in the scenes of Dr. Brewster snooping around and and the Count appearing out of nowhere to confront him. There's also fantastic cinematic moments, such as the shooting of Dracula and going through him and the build up to that moment. The climax, too, with the sun rising is quite memorable as we yep. do get Cheney's best moments as he realizes his life is coming to an end with that sunrise shot. Yep. And lastly, I felt pretty icky about this whole plantation setting that Ooh, we're in yeah. in this movie. Oh. So I was glad to see Frank potentially burn it to the ground at the end.
1: <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. This is, a, this is one that I was like, you know, I, I'm pretty lenient on these types of things. Yeah, uh, yeah this was a problem. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this it was, was a like, problem. Oh, man. Um, well, but, you know, what's kind of funny about it is that those characters seem more competent than any of the <laughs>
0: – Oh, anybody
1: yeah. Else. And then the most kind and caring people than these yeah, other.
0: Yeah, exactly. The servants <laughs> in, in this movie, despite being absolute caricatures, were the kindest <laughs> characters, and they had the most sense of all the characters, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I,
1: I kind of wrote early on because I didn't know how much they were gonna be in the movie, and I was like, are these the actual
0: heroes of the movie? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> but, um
1: uh, I, I did want
0: to Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I do want to say, you know, after your comments here, it's kind of funny. I agree with the things you like completely. Uh-huh. I just <laughs> can't get over the other elements. So it's kind of funny. Like I'm agreeing with you for a lot of this. Uh not all of it, like the music portion, mm-hmm. but the climax, I'm with you, like pretty good climax.
0: Yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, yeah, it's actually pretty cool and, and a little bit unexpected. Again, it just didn't go in directions that I thought it was going to go all the time. The other thing I would say, you know, speaking of, of just like that plantation setting and um, the ending where it is like the literally the plantation is on fire there at the end. There is something to be said here. Maybe it's a subtle critique. I don't know if this is what the film intends whatsoever. But, you know, Kate is the one that is inheriting the uh, plantation. And she says that's all she wants, right, is to inherit this. Even though she doesn't have the means to inherit it, she wants to inherit it. And it seems like this way of life that has been preserved for her, she wants to keep forever despite the fact that it's unrealistic, that it's kind of crumbling. Hmm. There's threats to the security in the form of Alucard. And then yeah. at the end, she is the monster, right? She is the monster trying to preserve this this moment of time and immortality when it just can't be that way, right? Uh, so th- there's something interesting to be said there, something that you could potentially explore uh, on a second viewing of this film.
1: Yeah, interesting. I like that. So-
0: so on NVN Plus this week, Alex, I speak with executive producer Michael Herndon to discuss the much talked about and, and recommended over and over again, Spanish version of the original Dracula. Um, I don't know if there are too many movies that were made quite like this movie was, that is, has so much in common with its English counterpart, and yet is a completely different movie. It's mm. very strange. But very unique. We talk about that. We give awards. We talk about those comparisons over there at MVM Plus. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash MVM Pod, where you can be a bargain based mite today. Receive that episode. Receive that special bonus episode we talked about um, that that bargain based mice are receiving here in a couple of weeks. Um, and all of our entire backlog of MVM Plus. Yeah. Good stuff. I get it. Alex Awards, compelling character award. Who did you have?
1: Queen Zimba. Who is nice. this, who is this mysterious woman I who don't know. has one of the worst deaths I've seen in the Universal Monster series? I say that because it's just weird, <laughs> and it just happens. It's it's so strange. Yeah, a bat flies, she dies that's the end of her but she seemed like a really interesting person right she has it's clear that she has this huge background behind her and she's like been practicing the occult and all this and then she just dies but there's just something super interesting about her i really wanted to know her character more and i thought maybe something she did may play more of a part and at the end of the day it just kind of stops but hmm. she's interesting we need a queen Zimba movie
0: <laughs> yeah, she was an interesting character. Um, what about you? Yeah, uh, for me it was Kate. So this was Louise Albritton who plays Catherine Caldwell, aka Kate, aka the mystery of this film. Just her performance, I thought, was actually really effective in in keeping its cards hidden. Um, Yet still, I think on a second viewing and knowing her intentions, you could see that throughout. You can kind of see her intentions, even though we didn't pick up on it until it's revealed at the end. At least I didn't pick up on it until it was revealed. So I think that's a a credit to her performance, but really is also the character as a whole that we haven't seen too much of in, in this sort of universe, right? We we don't have this character that's wanting to tap into these occult powers that Dracula has in order to kind of take advantage of the monster qualities in order to preserve herself and I guess preserve this love. It's an interesting character. It could have been explored more. I would have I would have preferred this is maybe where the film could have steered away from some of the elements you didn't like we, we yeah. could have received had more with her I think and her dynamic with Dracula that would have been more interesting than some of the like detective and doctor and professor stuff that was yes. rehashed that was boring that yeah. would have been a way to, to kind of make this a more unique film I think
1: yeah I, I completely agree yeah what about okay. your um, oh that's or no no your favorite line Okay, yeah. <laughs> most, most memorable most verbal golly.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. you skipping uh-huh. shots, right? Or you're skipping <laughs> to the good shot, you're skipping awards, calling <laughs> awards by the wrong name. Man, this this movie really did something to you, Alex. It did, it did. Um, so mine is from a character that... That's good, you picked a line from a character. <laughs> I did. It's from a character we haven't talked much about yet because he is one of these boring characters, and that is Professor Laszlo. He's on the phone with the doctor, and he says... I do not say I believe, but in honesty, I cannot say I disbelieve, oh. and I, I just liked it because, um, I mean, that's just my life in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I, I can't say I believe. I don't know, disbelieve. <laughs> I'm pretty much Laslo in that moment. I feel <laughs> you, man. It, it's all good. I hear you. Uh, what about you?
1: Uh, mine is the the deputy. He he's, he says. Uh-huh. That'd be a swell way to spend a rainy evening, eavesdropping on some goof talking to himself in two voices. Yeah, oh
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I, I, I like. I like the idea that someone—that was the reaction they had. Not mm. he, that it was possibly someone else in the cell, but that he could change his voice that much.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. What about you? Can't believe that acting award.
1: Uh, I gotta give it to. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give it to Lon Chaney as uh Alucard or Count Dracula because I cannot believe how bad he did in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just so uninteresting in his performance. Um and I really do think that this is maybe more of a performance or and less of a director thing. I'm, I'm mm. I it, you know, it's hard. It's
0: impossible to know. I think it's a casting thing almost, right? Like, it's like- it could be. Why? Is this overdone at this point? Um he's already been three other monsters. Yeah. He's but he, he's not into the character, it doesn't seem like, do you uh, think, like he's been in, in some other ones.
1: Yeah. I mean he could have played like an angry Dracula, and I think mm-hmm. he could have been intimidating in that way, because he is a big dude, right? Yeah, yeah. Um so I could see him playing like an angry Dracula and being intimidating, but instead he seems to be like almost an apathetic Dracula. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's but, no take on the character, right? Um, yeah. I, I guess there is a bit of anger, like this brooding anger, but it's not it's not right there where you're like, he makes the character his own. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I agree.
1: I agree. What about you, Eric?
0: So mine is a performance that I liked, and it's Robert Page as Frank Stanley. Um, there's the moments when he's stumbling away from uh, the state from the plantation there after he has just confronted Kate and Alucard. He's stumbling away. He thinks he's just killed Kate and he's revealing this to the doctor and he is absolutely um, distressed. And you can Mm -hmm. see that. And I actually buy his reaction right there. I thought it was a really good performance overall. I mean, he also just had to sell the ending. There's so many emotions that he had to sell when it comes to those dynamic um, emotions. He was the center of this film, whereas Kate in her sort of uh, obsession was a much more stoic character. She had much more lying beneath the surface. Frank let it all out right there in the open. and was much more reactive, but that yeah. lent itself to a great performance.
1: Yeah, you bring up a really good point. I don't feel we talked enough about Robert Page as Frank because mm. he does do a great job. There's oh, a yeah. lot of moments that it felt like could be really overacted. And maybe a couple of them may have been, but for me, I think he actually worked really well throughout the Mm -hmm. film. And he kind of sold it for me, especially since his character had like a pretty good arc. I think it makes a lot of it pretty worth
0: it. Another interesting aspect of this film. I agree. His arc works is kind of this, this take on madness, right? Um, because they want to, (laughs) they, they want to, um, What's the term for it? They want to commit Kate to like an insane asylum Right. right? because of her ideas. But there's really nothing to prove that. There's nothing to show that. And yet Frank's the one that on the surface seems the craziest, though he has the best grasp on reality, right? He's responding to the reality at hand. But by all means, he is the crazy one. And so there's just that interesting dynamic of, of what is crazy. And it's actually kind of comes to fruition in this film. We've seen that idea before, but this one does a pretty decent job at showing the complexities of that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you're agreeing with too many of my points, Alex, for a film that you really don't like.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I really don't. But there's a lot that, again, I, I, I'm, I'm very transparent. Like I, I really do like a lot of aspects of this film, but I think that there is far too much bad. If
0: if you're bored, you're bored in a movie, and that's a problem always. (laughs) What about your right. What's about uh, your oh? That's a good shot award.
1: Uh, Yeah, I got to give mine to the 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 K Caldwell vampire reveal when you first see her now that she's a vampire she's sitting in the bed in the bed when it just goes right
0: there oh that is pretty spooky
1: (laughs) dude it's it's spooky and as soon as you see her you can tell her she is like otherworldly now yeah she's not the same and i I thought that was such a cool shot i showed it to cc she kind of laughed at it but i really liked it and i thought it was a really cool reveal
0: it was the closest thing to a jump scare in this movie. Yeah, it was, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> but it was, it was a cool reveal. So mine is the struggle of Alucard and Frank. Um, once Frank has led Alucard to his burning grave, there's a shot centered in that tunnel and they're kind of struggling and the flames are in the background and it's just their silhouettes in the foreground. And it's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that sequence was very interesting. again, that part of Cheney's performance, I didn't actually like. It, it just, it was, it didn't work. Whenever he comes out into the light and, and he has his final moments, then you're like, oh, well, where was this emotion before? Uh, but the struggle was a really cool idea. And there was a great image of that struggle in that tunnel. So that was, that was a really cool uh, shot for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about your unique award, Eric?
0: Mine was the most confident and smug award, and that okay. goes to Professor Laszlo. Um, <laughs> like, multiple times, he's like, Well, I, I knew this all along. So, <laughs> right. And he's just, he's just talking about how much he knows the entire time. And it's like, Oh my gosh, man. Like, they wanted him to be Van Helsing. Oh, yeah. I he's mean, it was his the best Van Helsing impression. Right? And he's just not as charming as, as Van Helsing. So, he's- he has no real character like van helsing yeah, did so yeah it doesn't work it doesn't work what about you
1: yeah i got the rudest character award nice give it to dracula he keeps <laughs> popping in places uninvited he, he this is a b and E professional right here breaking mm-hmm. and entering <laughs> and it's like where where are your little dracula rules where you can't enter places i know we we, we haven't done that in the other movies really but mm-hmm. i i it's just, man, is just rude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just pops in. Especially, like, like, two people are talking, and he interrupts their conversation by appearing as a mist at their door. Like, come on, dude.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, Alex, it's actually something that I did like about this movie. And actually, I'll save it for my final thoughts and tiered rating. Let's let's start with you. Let's start okay. with you, uh, with your final thoughts and tiered rating. Uh, and then I'll give you my sure. thoughts, and we can wrap it up.
1: Yeah, so I I think the finale of this movie really presents a lot of really fun, interesting, unique story points that we haven't really seen play out in a lot of the other movies. And I think uh, the performance of Frank is really a standout in the film because I I really like his journey and his arc and the ending is pretty great. Unfortunately, we've got... I would say at least 40 minutes of wasted time in this film. I mean, I'm watching it and I am just miserable. Cece's not paying attention. And she looks up at me at 30 minutes. She says, has anything happened? And I'm like, no, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened in this movie. (laughs) And so the, the, the movie just is wasted too much of my time. I actually think the music is pretty bad for it. Juan Chaney turns in his worst performance yet. I would agree with KyoA if this was the only movie I had seen, I would agree with KyoA and say like, Oh yeah, Lon Chaney is a terrible actor. Like mm. <laughs> no doubt. So there's just too much bad and not enough good. The goods just too backloaded. And so I gotta give this a gabber tier for me. It is after this conversation better than two of the mummy movies. I think for me, mm. um, one of which I probably rated too high. And so this is a gabberteer. Step your game up next time, Mr. Lon Chaney Jr.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely feel better about this film than you do. I, I think there's enough memorable moments. I think most of these universal moments have some fluff Our universal movies have some fluff in them that could be cut. I, I, 40 minutes is quite a bit. I'd say 20 minutes could definitely be cut and we could have a, clean, crisp, 60-minute feature, um, that would be really entertaining and would would move the pace along, and and I'd be okay with that. Or we could spend those 20 minutes, as we said, really exploring more of the dynamics between Kate and Alucard. That would have also been fascinating. So either one of those would have worked for me, but I'm okay with what we have as well uh, for the most part. I'm not with you with the music. I actually found the music to, to be fine. And, and in a couple moments um, I thought it added to the tension or added to the dramatic uh, moment. Like when, when a cross was revealed, I, I kind of liked the music at that, at those moments. There's definitely some, some themes that kept on appearing. So I, I don't know. Some of the music definitely worked for me. Uh, it, it never distracted me in a way that, that I noticed it being distracting or out of place. Um, I think some of the themes and ideas and characters are, as I as I talked about in our discussion, pretty interesting and, and worth exploring. Uh, this, uh, Dracula's daughter definitely offered us some of those interesting ideas. I think Son of Dracula also offers interesting ideas. That would be a good pairing to kind of watch back to back and explore um, some of these differences um, in these two films. So for me, uh, this is a Gamera-tier film. And probably mid-gamma tier. I also think one of the things that it does well is it captures some of the tone and some of the elements of the original novel, maybe even better than the 1931's original Dracula film. So I don't know. I, I, I like this one for the most part, despite its its flaws. So this is a, a gamma tier film, right in the middle of the pack for me.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, I, I get it, because you are more focused on the good, and I'm more focused on the bad.
0: That's what happens sometimes, <laughs> though. That's what, happens. That's what I, happens. Yeah, I
1: get it. I get it for sure, though.
0: So, next week, Alex, we jump into Jurassic Park. Do you have a rhyme? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Pauses always make me nervous, but go ahead.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, so next week, we've got Jurassic Park, and we know... All the We would want to put all these dinosaurs on the Ark. Do we think making the park was smart? Yeah, it was a bit of a brain fart.
0: Oh, nice.
1: That was good. Yeah, off the top of my head.
0: That was good. Uh, (laughs) Mine makes no sense because I just threw a bunch of words together that rhyme with park. But it is comedy, I think, Jurassic Park is. So (laughs) will Jurassic Park make us bark like a narc or laugh like a lark? We'll find out next week with Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, all right alex as always thank you for listening to monsters versus men you can leave us feedback on son of dracula i'm curious to hear uh listener thoughts on this one because i think you could kind of go either way depending uh as we said on what your focus was on and uh on this movie i i do think i'm with you alex i think it, it just depends right like on kind of where you I have those films sometimes where I just can't get over the parts that bore me or the parts that bother me. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Email us those, that feedback, though, at nvmpod at gmail.com or read them on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at nvm underscore pod. You can become a bargain-based mate at patreon.com forward slash nvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, inclu- including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join it this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Sublock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't...
1: Get turned into a vampire, want to kill that vampire, turn another man into a vampire... I think get killed by that man that didn't turn into a vampire. <laughs>
0: and try to, <laughs> to stay, stay alive. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Mafia, wake up, wake up. Wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Hard on.
1: Hard on.